Welcome to the Run In My Mouth podcast. I'm your host, Carly Sauer, aka Coach Carly. We need to discuss common life issues together in an open, unfiltered, free environment. Running, family, work, religion, travel, general exercise, politics, relationships, self-help and development, you name it, we tackle it head on. Expect to laugh, to be intrigued, to waste a bit of your time, to learn a little something, to feel some nostalgia, and to leave inspired. Most importantly, crack open a cold one with me, or a hot one, or go for a run, or whatever suits your fancy. Let's go get her done. Welcome back to the Run In My Mouth podcast. I'm your host, Carly Sauer, aka Coach Carly. And today is just me. Uh, well, I guess I'm joined by my newborn in my lap, uh, nursing and burping and all the things. So if you hear lots of breathing, which I'm sure you can hear, uh, that's him. And uh, he's probably going to join me for this uh, first bit of recording. So this episode is a bit of like a mid-season catch-up, tell-all get everyone up to speed and um, see basically just, you know, what can be related to uh, in terms of, you know, listeners and feedback from listeners. You guys are always so um, interactive, which is awesome. I get a lot of conversations and chats and follow-ups from my episodes, which is just really, really great stuff. And uh, today it's just me sort of stream of consciousness giving a, I don't want to say an excuse, but just basically an overview. I might go into detail. Uh, It depends how I'm feeling, honestly. Um, But it's going to be recorded in stages because uh, there's just a lot that's been going on. that has been difficult to chat about and difficult for me to even come to grips with, really. And um, the fact that I am sort of recording this episode, even in pieces, even honestly over weeks uh, before I can even just feel right about publishing anything else is is a big step. And um, as you could tell from the title, we're running through grief to see the light. It, it really is that. So I'm a, a woman who's deeply rooted in faith, as you guys know, if you've been listening over the last 30 episodes uh, of the Run In My Mouth podcast and, you know, really just starting to give more insight into sort of how things tick and what goes on. And again, I don't want to call it an excuse. Life is life. Life happens, right? People are born, people die, and and that's kind of how it goes. And that's pretty much what's been going on over the last 10 weeks. Um, if you were listening this season, this is season three, if you have been following along, I was, um, pregnant and then had just had my baby with my last episode with Becca. And, um, now, you know, he's a few weeks old and, and the high of having a newborn is, has been just amazing, unmatched. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it ever becomes something that isn't magical and just, honestly awe inspiring and awesome and just the greatest gift but this birth and new life and you know awesome experience of having my son was 
challenged um, by the death of my dog. And um, it, it was something that I like tried to talk about and talk through initially and just sort of uh, allow to be a piece of life that happens and, you know, just like go with it. But it, it really hit me really hard. <laughs> and um, even just talking about it, by the way, all these noises, <laughs> it's not me, it's my baby. Um, oh, well, he's currently pooping. No, that's great. Undecided. Oh man, undecided if this will be edited out, but this is real life, guys. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, well, you know, this is just how it goes. So, um, this is what I'm talking about, right? Like, I, I, I can try to go down the sort of dark hole of. Oh my God, this guy. He's like sucking on his hand now. Um. Lord only knows, right? A couple weeks old. This is this is what we got. Hi, hi, buddy. Hi. Yeah. Okay. Mommy knows. I know. You had a great snack, and then you pooped, and that's that's what makes you feel good, right? Now you're a happy guy. Yeah. Delicious. Um. But yeah, so I could try to go down, you know, this serious realm and this. Oh, I almost say dark hole or black hole or abyss of talking about, you know, real life and, and trials and tribulations and hardships and grief and all of this. And, and then my, my kid shits in my lap, you know? So it's like <laughs> any moms out there, you totally get it. You try to, you know, be serious, especially if you're working, uh, trying to do work at home and, you know, get stuff done. Or even if you're just trying to, you know, clean the house or cook dinner or have a conversation with a friend, um, really anything and you're always met with just a weird question an inappropriate question someone's you know burping farting puking pooping throwing something making a massive mess in the summertime there's water play i mean there's just always something that's ridiculous there are so many accounts on uh, instagram which is where i have my biggest presence that are really centered around just the hilarities and the woes of motherhood. And they really crack me up. I mean, they're way too honest and accurate. And <laughs> pretty hilarious. So yeah, this is um, undecided if it'll be edited. I will be honest, it probably won't be edited. So if you've made it this far, you're six minutes in, there probably has been no edits to this moment. So uh, I think that's the goal of this episode is just, again, a bit of stream of consciousness, no real edits uh, in it, unless, you know, someone's screaming in the background or something. But, um, but yeah, so getting you up to speed, if you've been following, I was pregnant, had my baby, things seemed right, dog, um, very untimely death. I mean, he was 13, but still at the same time, it's nothing you can expect, right? You can't can't expect to hit that road bump, especially when everything seemed perfect and the life event seemed to be the birth of your new child. And then you come home from the hospital and are slapped in the face with that. So really tough, uh, really hard to work through. To be honest and fair with myself, I think this is really the first time in my life I've been genuinely depressed. Um, able to 
work through it, take it day by day, take it in stride, take it how it comes, talk through it, um, you know, see it happening, feel it happening. I've been able to tell my husband, you know, like, I'm not okay. I need five minutes. I've been able to be very honest with my family and say, hey, listen, this is what's going on with my family nucleus, you know, my husband, and my two kids and my dogs and everything. And like, I'm not okay. So I need some space. Uh, I need some time. Please don't text me with like stupid shit. <laughs> I'm not able to deal with stupid shit right now. So I think I've been really, you know, on top of it and, and done the best that I've been able to do. Definitely when I'm alone, you know, ready to go to sleep or just in the quiet and like, you know, nursing my baby or putting my toddler to sleep or whatever it is, I it really hits me and I can get really, really sad really quickly. It's definitely a slippery slope, but um I think that just being able to recognize what's going on and, and how it's happening and everything has been has been tough to do, but but manageable. Uh, and I think having you know the the best husband and my two you know amazing children and then our other dog Brooklyn. I think having all of that really helps and really helps get through the days and see see the light. Right. And be able to just understand that the sun shines tomorrow, life goes on. And, you know, any, again, anyone who's been through loss or grief or anything like that, you really hopefully can can relate to having to take those moments to find peace through all the madness. And um, so that's what I've been dealing with. And uh, maybe another time I'll go a little more in depth on the, the grief topic right now. And I'm honestly not feeling it. <laughs> you can probably hear in my, in my voice, it's a little heavy. Um, so I don't know, it's just a little tough. And I do find it hard to, to go down those slippery slopes and really be sad and all of that when I am holding my children, you know, or, or with my kids or playing or, you know, playing water outside or on a walk or whatever. I just, I find it hard to be sad or upset because they are like the biggest joys. So, um, you know, I think that that's amazing and, and, and just wonderful to be able to have that and, and recognize that and, and all of uh, all that stuff. So, so um, yeah, so, wow, we got a lot to say down here. He's just been sitting in my lap ever since he blew out his diapy. So um, undetermined if it's leaking all over me. I really hope not since I just showered a little while ago, but you never know. I feel like I always have the worst luck speaking of that with traveling. So my husband and I travel quite a bit and I have had poop blowout diapers in my lap at the outset of three or four flights with my babies now. <laughs> it's like the worst luck. Uh, they'll be, you know, all set. We're all set. We're in the seat. Everything's good. You know, latch them up. I think life is all amazing. Five minutes later, we haven't even taken off and there's just like a bomb. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I, you know, move them a little bit, feel their back. And I'm like, awesome. Soaking wet. Great. This is going to be a fun flight. 
whether it's like an hour and a half or three hours, six hours with a delay. I mean, oh my God, it's just, you never know. You never know what you're going to get, right? So uh, yeah, I feel like I just have the worst luck with that. And I think nursing on demand, if, if anyone who's listening has ever been breastfeeding their kids and doing it on demand, not on a, a proper schedule, I guess that's kind of what you get, right? Like that's par for the course a bit because like, who knows? Um, I remember I had someone ask me one time, like if my kids were morning poopers or night poopers, and I was like, uh, all the time? <laughs> like, just kind of depends what what we've eaten and where we're at, I guess. Uh, again, just because like we travel a lot and we do have a loose schedule we follow, but it's really just whatever keeps everyone happy. You know, there's no absolute fixed wake up time every day. There's no absolute fixed nap time every day. And, you know, if we were to do daycare or when it becomes time for school or that kind of stuff, like obviously we'll have to get a bit more rigid and a bit more uh, strict on these things. But wake up time sometime between 6.45 and 8 really, again, depends on the time of day, depends on the day, depends on the season nap time sometime in the afternoon <laughs> if it happens newborn i mean i find newborns i don't want to say easy but i find that their schedules for life are just so enjoyable because they can do whatever you're doing if i need to run errands in the morning great nurse my baby put him in the car seat good to go right as soon as we get in that car they're sleeping we move on and that's been both my kids so far so I know some kids don't like car seats, don't like the car, don't like to be on the go. Totally get it. But um, I think a lot of things too are just with practice or routine or consistency. Uh, I don't want to say if you're like forced to be in a car seat, you're going to learn to love it. But if you are in it enough and it is comfortable and it's one that your kid fits in nicely, I think they will learn the routine, right? They will learn to, to understand and accept what's going on. I mean, they're going to have to accept your lifestyle eventually, right? So um, it is what it is. And you just kind of have to understand that your kids are going to cry. Diapers and wipes and snacks and, you know, various things in terms of muslin cloths or burp cloths, changes of clothes. You're just going to need a lot of shit, right? So you're going to have to pack for the day. I keep... Um, like a fully stocked trunk organizer in my car with like emergency supplies and um, diapers and wipes and all that kind of stuff, cleaning supplies, all that. And then uh, I keep a couple towels in my car, a couple of reusable bags, a pair of shoes, and a fully stocked diaper bag with all the changing materials and all that sort of stuff. A bunch of toys for my toddler, a couple snacks that can stay on the go. And then every time I leave the house, I have multiple drinks, you know, for everyone and um, some perishable snacks like perfect bars or yogurt or string cheese or whatever. And um, you just can't travel too light, right? If you travel super, super light, you're always going to find yourself in a pinch of for something. And um, I just find that you just can't do that. And so I went off on a little tangent here, but... Coming back to 
everything that's been going on, I feel like that is indicative of how and why the last 10 weeks, I mean, listen, they've been a slog. Again, I genuinely think this is the first time in my life I've ever been um, actually depressed. And um, I think I'm coming out of it now, which is wonderful. I don't think that I have had any issues in terms of like postpartum depression issues or anything like that. Cause it's nothing like that. Like I don't, I don't feel any of those like baby blues or negative feelings about myself or birth or my baby. It's, it's nothing like that. It's just every time I go to run errands and come home and there's only one dog at home, I feel empty. Every time I go in the kitchen and there's only one dog bed, I feel very empty. You know, every time I sit in the family room to watch TV with my husband, I just get really sad. So it's it's things like that, right? It's It's the daily acts and just missing. And it's kind of like when my grandparents passed, um, you know, I don't have any grandparents alive anymore. And every time I'd go to, you know, make a phone call to one of them or a holiday would come around and we were all supposed to get together or something like that. Like that's when you realize it because obviously you're not like living with them 24 seven, unless you are right in your circumstance, perhaps you're grandparents do live with you and then you notice it daily but for me it was always you know holiday or um, their birthday or something like that where it would really hit home and took it took years you know it took years to really come to grips with it and understand it and understand they're they're gone forever you know and that sort of thing so um, I think this is a daily experience and will take some time I don't think I'm ever going to be like happy about it right i don't think i'm ever going to feel uh complete or whole or put together for the void that exists um but i do think that there will be more peace as as time comes and goes so um so yeah when we you know speaking of our our lifestyle and being on the go and always out and doing things and um you know, traveling and all that stuff. We literally came home from the hospital. I, I had a cesarean, um, a repeat C-section. So we stayed in the hospital a couple nights and we came home, noticed, you know, my dog, again, I'll probably go into more detail about this at some point. I just, I can't do it today. Uh, noticed my dog was a little off, took him to the vet the next morning, got the news. You know, he's only given a couple of weeks maybe uh, to to live. And so that next day, like legit the day we came home from the hospital, we started planning day trips for every day. We had a three-day-old baby, and we took day trips for over a week every single day. Went to my parents' farm, went to the beach, went hiking, went to parks. I mean, it was a lot. And my energy was zero. I was on complete adrenaline from the moment, you know, we were going to go to the hospital to have the baby because the, the night before we went to the hospital. So I had a, a scheduled date for our delivery because it was a repeat C-section. And the night before we had to leave our house at like 5.45 or something in the morning, we had to be there by 6 a.m. And uh, the night before at like 9 30 p.m or some crazy time our 
attic starts flooding into our second floor of our house. Thankfully, it wasn't like a waterfall, but it was a very constant drip. The carpet was completely soaking wet. The ceiling was completely ruined, you know, with water damage. And we had to get like an emergency plumber over. <laughs> we had this whole situation. I don't think I went to bed till like one o'clock in the morning, you know, got a couple hours of sleep. That's it. Uh, so, you know, from the day or a couple of days before we had the baby until after our dog passed, uh, I was just literally on a complete adrenaline high and it wasn't necessarily all good, obviously, right? Like, you know, your dog is about to, to pass and you're holding a precious life of a newborn in your arms. It's just the dichotomy of emotions and the roller coaster and the waterfall of the, you know, craft that just kept coming. It just, anyone who talks about grief, talking about it coming in waves and the unpredictability of it and all of that is, is really spot on. Um, I actually saw a post that James Vanderbeek put up um, about grief. I think it was like the loss of his mother that sparked him to say it. And then I guess a lot of his friends and constituents have been sort of losing their parents in recent times too, just because of their ages and you know, that sort of thing. And um, so he just felt the need to give his experience and sort of help people through it and, and that sort of thing. And um, and it really resonated. And oh my God, sorry. Sorry for all the noise. <laughs> noises. My baby uh, is just like completely sucking on his hands. He doesn't really take a pacifier, but um, he does get that like sucking reflex. I mean, you know, he's a newborn, but he chooses like his whole fist, not a thumb, not a finger, not a pacifier, but he'll like shove his entire fist in his mouth. And if I'm not mistaken, I actually think my daughter used to do that too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, um, but anyway, so if you hear all those noises, that's, that's what's going on. I'm still holding Mr. Poopy here. Uh, but, um, but yes, anyway, it definitely comes and goes in, in, in waves and, uh, time has been a little bit of a mind fuck the last 10 weeks and the problem is like the days have felt really long to get through and every time i make a to-do list for myself or i time block or i get organized or i commit to doing certain things for work or for um myself I put all of my energy and all of my focus and all of my love and care and attention into my husband and my kids. And then the day comes and goes and I'm exhausted. And then the next day, and then I'm exhausted. And then the next day and I'm exhausted. And for weeks, probably a month straight, I went out to visit my dog because we you know, made him a little spot outside. Uh, every day, a couple times a day and every night, especially to say goodnight, rain or shine. I mean, there were nights where it was absolutely pouring and I would still go out and stand there for like five to 10 minutes. And I don't really have any family that's buried that I visit. Like, it's just not something my family has done. Um, you know, if anything, my grandparents and stuff are, you know, cremated and, and whatnot. And uh, like, you don't really visit cremated people <laughs> they're just sort of you know whoever has their ashes like that's that's where they are um so i don't really know what to do at like a grave site like do you like talk do you 
sit? Like, I don't know. And I don't really think there's a right answer, but that's another thing I'm like navigating. So um, with all of this, and especially with the birth of my, you know, my new baby, it's been really hard to reconcile that anyone wants to hear the trivial bullshit that I put out content for in my podcast. You know, it's, it's funny that like the way that I've been processing that, like I've got these amazing interviews that, you know, people are probably wondering like, why aren't you publishing my interview? Uh, and it's not because I don't love it. It's not because there's not great content. It's not because I'm not super excited about it, but it's because every time I go to edit or publish, all I can think about is like how trivial and mundane and stupid the topics are in relation to life and death. And I, I think that that's the point of my podcast. I'm just a person who loves to, to converse. I love getting people's stories and hearing them. And, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to people talk all the time I, as a trainer. I just, I feel like I'm almost like a therapist a little bit. People, people talk a lot and I, I love it. I love to hear it and help people work through problems. And, um, I'm, I'm really a people person. So I love all the content. I love the interviews, but I've just, I've been having a really hard time getting past my own issue, my own block my own brick wall of thinking that people like could be interested or are interested or care. Right. Cause every time I go to edit or publish my immediate thought is like, this is so stupid. I have a newborn who I just want to be hugging and cuddling and, you know, giving him all my love and attention. And here I am, like letting him lay in his uh, dock while I work. And I don't know, I was feeling like guilty, I guess, uh, about that. And then also with, you know, our, our dog passing uh, and then our other dog, it's not like she's like a young whippersnapper. She's going to be 12 and you know she's not doing great and so then you know of course I've had the thought of like what happens a lot of times right is that when you have two dogs who are together all the time or whatever like one passes or has an issue and then the other one starts to lose it you know I've just I've been really going down those dark holes and those those downward spirals and just oh god really struggling with that stuff and so it's just been really hard to um to think that what I do as a as a trainer and a coach and then the podcast that it's important it's just I don't know it's been I've been having like I said a really big mind fuck about time elapsed time how time works how slow it feels sometimes how fast it feels sometimes and then just grappling with the concept of the hierarchy of importance of topics in life um, and where I'm where I'm at now and why I have brought myself, you know, to record this in pieces and chunks and just kind of splice it all together for you guys is that it is important, right? Everyone's at a different place in their life and there's always going to be someone who can relate or who it hits home to or who reads the excerpt or hears a little bit of it and, and shares it with someone or, or listens to it on a walk or a run or while they're nursing their baby or, you know, I know a lot of people, men, especially who do a lot of stuff on their phone in the bathroom. So maybe it's, maybe it's listened to in the bathroom. I mean, who knows, right? It just, 
I think it hits home for someone somewhere. This topic of just having a giant clusterfuck in your life and having to work through it will hit home for a lot of people because I know a lot of people who have been or are in the same position where they're just like a constant state of what is life. And so again, I've been encouraged and have brought myself to to chat and to publish and to get it out there and give you guys a little glimpse. And um, I will have the uh, interviews that have been queued up published back on our regular schedule. We'll get um, you know three more for, uh, to finish off season three. So it'll go pretty much, dude, you're making a lot of noise. Can you just be quiet for like 90 seconds? Thank you. Thank you. Does anyone think he actually understood what I said? <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll get back on our regular schedule um, of bi-weekly with the Friday funnies and then the Monday drops for three more episodes. And, uh, and then we'll wrap up season three. And we're going to have some really awesome stuff going into uh, Q4 of this year. We're doing some mom like round tables. So every quarter I'm going to have a, sort of like a mom round table with a new topic called running in circles so that'll be really fun and yeah you know there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff in the works there's a big marketing campaign that i'm launching for training so if you're ever training for a race whether you're near or far i do virtual coaching as well i'm going to have a lot of the um, staple programs for sale off irondiamondfitness.com so that's really exciting so there's a lot of really exciting stuff in the works definitely kept busy uh there's, I mean, if you know me, you know, there's always, always something cooking and uh, no, never a dull moment. So uh, feel free to reach out, send me a DM, comment on here, send me a voice note from the podcast. Love to hear from you. And um, yeah, so the next couple segments of this episode are recorded at a different time. And um, there's not a whole lot of cohesion to the three segments, but uh Hopefully I can, you know, make them all link together with um, just this overview, right? Giving you a glimpse into what's been going on and then doing a little more in-depth chat uh, about, you know, grief and just working through it. Oh, wouldn't be complete without another little poopy. So there we go. Thanks, bud. All right, guys. I will be back with the other two segments. So carry on if you're here or... Take a break and come back to it next time you've got a moment. So it's a weird thing, right? Life. And I know that sounds really sort of elemental, but when you really get down to the crux of it, genuinely thinking existentially of what is air and what is the body made of, what makes us breathe? all that sort of stuff. Sure. We can always argue the science behind it and cellular level, how we're made up and, uh, you know, where oxygen comes from, you know, plants, photosynthesis, the sun, planets, just, you could go deep. But when you think about it, just in the human, you know, single layer mind aspect, yes, existentially, but philosophically, in terms of just who we are, where we are, why are we here, that sort of thing. It's deep. <laughs> even just that single level is deep. So even, even though you might see it coming and you know, 
your parents are old or your cousin is sick or your you know husband or wife is you know has has had cancer for a while or there's a sudden uh car accident and then they're in a coma for two years or whatever it is you can never really be ready for the inevitable right you can never really be ready and the most recent life event for me in that realm was uh was my dog wow i like can't even talk about this anymore (laughs) sometimes i can chat about it and in conversation and hold it together but now like going through cracking all my all my limbs uh trying not to cry so even though it's been a few weeks and uh you know obviously life goes on if you've ever lost somebody even if it's a you know a pet of yours um it's tough right even uh i've I've got a bunch of friends and clients who understand how it is when you know a parent is is sick constantly or struggling or you have your own you know ailments or uh you know issues and things that just are are constant and, and it's a real daily battle it's really tough, you know, and when you have bad days and you have struggles and, and all of that, it's it's hard to see see beyond that. And it's hard to understand that this too shall pass. And so for me, it's all always rooted in faith and rooted in understanding that we're only here for a short time and what we what we will be will be. So make the best of every moment. And yes, there's going to be hard days and bad days and struggles and sickness and all that sort of stuff. But okay, you know, there's also amazing things going on and bright days and and health and, and the sun and the snow is beautiful. And there's just, I don't know, there's just so much beauty and joy and life to live that dwelling is, is just not not worth it, right? Not holding on to something. By the way, if you hear baby cooing in the background, it is my newborn. <laughs> he is not fully asleep, but he's also totally chilling and just sort of chatting to himself. So sorry if that interjects in the audio here. But uh, but yeah, so my dog of, of 13 years, I've had him since he was pretty much since he was born, adopted him right after college. And uh have just had him by my side ever since he pretty much my first kid right if you ever really understand what it's like to be single and have a pet that's just yours and yours alone forever uh and not even just a pet that like you come home to but a pet who comes with you for everything right my dog used to come with me to work and on vacations and to parties, um, uh, just always, like it was always understood that if you invited me somewhere, Bucky is coming. Uh, and that legit included vacations. So, uh, you know, when my now husband and I first met, we were planning this big trip out West and we were gonna go, you know, hiking and to wineries and, and all this stuff. And it came down to it and I was putting Bucky <laughs> my, flight ticket and he was like uh you know where we're going right and I was like yeah Bucky Bucky's gonna come he's like well Carly he's like he's he's 10 right like he's gonna be 10 years old when we go I said that's okay he'll be fine 
you know, he's super fit. He loves this kind of stuff. No big deal. Like, he'll be fine. So he comes with us. He literally climbed these giant mountains and went to these like, you know, amazing hikes where, you know, I was a little worried about him. I was giving him like all of my water and provisions because some of the hikes, there was like no shade and it was a little unnerving, but he loved every second of it. Such a traveler, like just such a warrior on the airplane and through the, uh, you know, whole airport process. And doesn't matter if you're in a car, train, bus, taxi, airplane, he's there. He's there for the ride. And, uh, you know, yes, he was there and fine and wonderful because he was with me and he was by my side. But it didn't, it didn't really matter, right? He just loved it. He loved to live for the experience and really grounded me to understand that that is the whole point of life, right? Just enjoying it all. And uh, we, we just had a baby, you know, a few weeks ago. And um, I had a second C-section. So we were in the hospital for a couple nights. And my sister was watching our, our toddler and, and our dogs. and uh, you know, he came home from the hospital and she was like, yeah, you know, Bucky hasn't really been eating, but you know, again, if you know, Bucky, you know, that anytime I would go away or wouldn't be there by going away, I mean like, you know, <laughs> a few hours or if somebody was just watching him for, for a moment, or if, if Brooklyn and, and Bucky were, uh, you know, together with, um, you know, my sister and brother-in-law or, uh, you know, these dog sitters or whatever, they would understand that, you know, if Bucky had to be left behind to stay with Brookie and, you know, they could be together, he would sometimes go on like a little bit of a hunger strike, right? Because he was like, where's my mom? I don't want to be here. I'm lonely, whatever. So it wasn't like that odd per se for him for a couple of days just to be like out of sorts. But the fact that he wouldn't really even eat treats or, um, you know, stuff like that, like that was weird. So I got nervous, of course, and was really in tune with him when we got home from the hospital. And uh, we got home from the hospital like mid to late afternoon on a Monday. And uh, I noticed he was breathing funny too. So immediately Tuesday morning, like 7 a.m., right upon waking up, yes, with a newborn and a toddler, we took the whole crew to the vet got him an appointment and, um, you know, they did the works, they did all the tests and everything, but just with x-rays, they showed his chest cavity was, uh, riddled with cancer. Um, and they said, it's very, oh boy, sorry. I can like not even talk about this. They said it was just very, very quick, very sudden. There's no signs or symptoms. It just comes on and he had one to two weeks to live. <laughs> so any woman who has had a baby knows postpartum hormones are crazy uh, by themselves and then let alone a traumatic life event, um, you know, in that same time, in that same vein, in that same realm, at that same moment. It's a lot. It's a lot to handle. Uh, so I mean, my husband and I both, we just sort of retreated inward and we're like, you know, holy shit, what the fuck do we do? This is crazy. Um, our toddler is like obsessed with Bucky. She loves dogs. Um, she really gravitated towards Bucky because he's, he's such a cuddler, you know, such a lover. Uh, our other dog, Brooklyn's a little more independent, doesn't really like to be, you know, laid on or tugged and pulled and pushed and all of that. She doesn't 
mind it. She's not going to do anything about it, but she doesn't like love it. Bucky definitely loved it. Uh, was definitely a cuddly guy. Always had to like touching a human, like that type of dog. So, uh, you know, she was like obsessed with him and here we are bringing another baby home, obviously really looking forward to his relationship with our dogs and everything. So it was a lot to, a lot to take in. And then, you know, for me, especially it was a lot just because the, again, postpartum hormones, you're on a huge high, just having a baby, like, holy shit, amazing blessing, second healthy baby, um, you know, in two years and just, oh man, just, just the sheer high of that is, is really unmatched. And then this extreme low of knowing that your dog is dying, right? Literally dying, like, like now today. Um, so it was just an immediate, um, response of protection, right? Protect everybody's emotion and energy and protect Bucky's final days, protect, uh, our family unit, just all that stuff. So, you know, we didn't announce anything to social media. We both, uh, really stayed off social media just to protect our, our time together and, really cherish our, our, you know, final moments as this, this family unit. And, um, oh man, just, just all that sort of stuff. It's, it's honestly hard to even just explain, but again, anyone who's been through it just knows it and, um, you know, gave him some steroids and, and, you know, pain meds and stuff for, for those final days. And within 10 days he, uh, he passed. So it was, it was really rough and point being like, even though we knew he was going to be, you know, he's 13, even though we knew he's getting older, he's getting grayer fur, whiter fur, he's slowing down, he's sleeping more, like, oh, well, he was still super healthy. Otherwise, in the eight days leading up to his, his death, so he died um, 10 days after we went to the doctor, and the 10th day he passed in the morning. So it was really, you know, 10 days to the to the time of day, but uh, for the for the eight and a half days leading up to that epitome of health. I mean, running around, chasing tennis balls, hiking, going on this like beach walk. Uh, every day we took a day trip. So if, again, anyone who's had a newborn knows the first like, you know, few weeks you come home with a new baby, you're chilling, right? You're at home, you're relaxing, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, checking your vibe. I mean, C-section, cesarean surgery is intense. They literally cut open layers of your abdomen and muscles, and it's really a wild experience. You're supposed to chill and recover and focus on your recovery. And here we are, uh, you know, picking up dogs to put them in the back of our truck. And I'm picking up, you know, strollers and my toddler and <laughs> putting the doona in and out of the car. And um, you know, carrying the newborn in a sling and hiking and just, I mean, it was insane. Just, just doing the stuff was just, I mean, looking back on it, it's wild, but in the moment it's like mama bear times a thousand went into effect. It's honestly just like sheer protection mode. And, um, and yeah, I just wouldn't, wouldn't have done it any other way. I mean, we gave him like all the steak you could ever imagine and his favorite treats and, all the cuddles and you know i slept in the family room for that whole time right next to him and it wasn't until he wouldn't even like sleep with me that i really would accept that something was wrong um but even so like the morning when when you know he decided it was his time and and he passed it just you can never really be ready right 
devastated can't even match the emotions. So, you know, again, the super, super high new baby, um, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff, starting my breastfeeding journey again and witnessing our toddler just loving on our new baby and, you know, seeing my husband be a dad times two. And I mean, it's just amazing. Just so much, so much, so much joy and astonishment and excitement and everything. And then just absolutely crushed, um, you know, a week later with, uh, with death, right? Like the most final thing in, in human life is, is death. So really, you know, leaned on, on faith and, and, uh, you know, our, our family and just hugged my babies a little tighter. Um, and again, stayed off social media for a while and didn't tell anyone the news because we just couldn't bear to talk about it or really admit that it was true. Um, which again, if you've been through it, you understand that or should understand it, <laughs> at least can understand it a little bit. Um, oh God. So yeah, just, I don't know, lots and lots and lots of deep breaths, lots of prayer, lots of introspective, you know, thoughts. Did we do everything we could? Did he have a good life? Was he happy? Um, is there anything more he wanted? I mean, just, oh gosh, all the things. Now talking about grief, right? There's a lot of uh, people and, you know, resources out there that discuss grief and really go deep on the level of what grief is, where it comes from, what it looks like, how to manage it, just all of those sorts of things. And I am certainly no expert in, uh, in any area like that, but I do consider myself to be quite proficient in human interaction and um, hugely empathetic and sympathetic. And I'm a big feeler when it comes to other people's joy and pain. Uh, I definitely experience, you know, my own, but for example, like my biggest, um, you know, sadness or concern or worry or, um, you know, all these negative emotions when everything was going on with, with my dog was, is he okay? Right. Is he in pain? Did we do everything we could? Did we wait too long? Um, you know, was he, was he struggling? Uh, you know, I didn't want my daughter to be upset. I don't want our other dog to get lonely and upset and then something to happen to her. I mean, I was just concerned with, with everybody and everything else and never really thought about, um, myself. I never was like, oh my God, I'm so sad. Like me, Carly is upset. It was always uh, how, how it's affecting everybody else now and how will it affect them in the future? And how can I help? How can I prevent? How can I cushion? How can I support? Those are my feelings. And so, you know, I actually had so many people who know me and Bucky and, um, you know, just our relationship and everything that's gone on for, you know, nearly a decade and a half, they genuinely were like, you know, Carly, I've been worried to, to, you know, come to the day where something happens to Bucky. I'm, I'm worried about you. I'm worried what will happen to you and, and your level of devastation just because of, you know, our relationship was, was more than just, Carly had a pet dog, 
I mean, he was my first baby, you know, and I'm not trying to put, you know, my, my relationship with my dog above anyone else's. It's just, this was my experience and anyone who knew me knew Bucky, uh, especially, you know, during, during work and, and everything. And, uh, so yeah, it's just, it was really, really heartening to have lots of support to come back at, at me and, and everything. And so, you know, a couple of weeks, well, I guess a month after he passed, uh, it was Mother's Day and we had yet to tell anyone about uh, our new baby because again, we were really holding it dear to our hearts and holding it um, in our family and, and holding on to the joy and the special moments just being, uh, you know, our human family of four and going from a family of, of six to a family of five with, you know, one of our dogs passing and just, oh, just a lot, right? Just a, a big roller coaster. And, you know, anyone who I spoke with personally, it was just the dichotomy of emotions. I am not good with going high and going low. I like to be very even keel and just, you know, riding the waves. Uh, I'm really not into getting like super, super, super excited and having super, super high expectations. And I'm also not into allowing, you know, an event, a life event or whatever to be completely traumatic and devastating. Because uh, again, I do have very steadfast faith and I understand life goes on, you live to see another day, you know, the sun is shining, all that stuff. So this was tough. It was a tough, tough season. And um, Mother's Day is coming up. And obviously, you know, my husband wants to post something on social media for for Mother's Day and all this stuff. And so we were like, you know, what perfect timing to sort of introduce our baby to the masses, but making a Mother's Day post like that would be so sweet. And then we decided like it would just be weird if we like introduce this new baby and have all this excitement and joy and amazing, you know, time and pictures, but never acknowledge that, you know, our one of our original babies passed away. And so we decided a couple of days before Mother's Day, I think, you know, Mother's Day is always on a Sunday. I think it was like a Thursday. So it was a couple of weeks to the day of, of Bucky passing we put a post up and just, it was just so much easier to just do that than have, you know, 200 individual conversations about it. So we put up a big social post and I mean, oh God, couldn't even find the words. It was just, you know, a collaborative effort. And I was like, you know, is it, is it too much? Is it too little? Like you just, you never feel like you're doing the right thing, right? Like paying, um, paying homage and, and really trying to, uh, you know, show your, your gratitude and, and depict a legacy. And it's just, it's hard. So anyway, uh, we did that. So much support poured in. I mean, holy goodness. Even people who like knew we were pregnant, but had no idea the baby was born. They were just like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry. And then, you know, two days later, whatever, three days later, we, on Mother's Day, put up the post uh, for, for Stetson, who's our, our son. And the amount of DMs and texts I got saying like, holy shit, how, how are you doing? Like, are you okay? Um, was, was overwhelming and took me a long time to, uh, to respond to. I, I still, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I still don't even think I've, um, 
like responded on those threads from those posts. Um, like just thanking, thanking everyone for their support. But can you believe that even despite like all the support and everything, there were a handful of people <laughs> who criticized um, our approach and just criticized our direction as a family and you know, went so far as to say we were like, you know, fucked up and insensitive and tone deaf and, uh, you know, basically just, just telling us we're doing it wrong, right? And uh, as parents and, and as a mother specifically, the amount of times that you are judged and told you're doing things wrong is honestly inconceivable. Uh, I think that depression in motherhood, whether it's postpartum or, or down the line or, you know, emptiness syndrome or whatever it is. I think a lot of it comes from outward criticism I and mean, people just, you know, it's like assholes. Everyone's got one, right? Opinions are like assholes. And if you got an opinion and it's not going to serve a purpose for like genuinely helping a situation, just shut the fuck up. Like, I hate to be so plain and so blunt, but like, keep it to yourself. Anytime I see a mom and, you know, here we're talking about motherhood. Anytime I see a mom doing something, um, you know, different or what I think is weird or what I think is inappropriate or, you know, something that I can't conceive of doing in, in my own life okay, cool. I'm just like, wow, that's different. And I move on, right? Whether I'm scrolling on in, in, on Instagram, I'm on the internet, I'm reading an article, I'm reading a mom forum, you know, a mom blog, talking to a friend, witnessing, you know, a sister, relative, friend, whatever, doing whatever they're doing. It's just a quick, okay, well, that's that's different, right? Like, that's interesting. And if it's someone I'm really close with, like a really good friend or, you know, sister, I'll say like, oh, wow, that's, that's interesting. Like, I don't know if I would do that, but okay. How, how's it going? How is it working? Like, you know, how are your kids responding to that? How are you feeling? Uh, when did you start it? Where did you learn about it? In my opinion, those are the um, humane responses to something that's different and that shocks you and that seems out of the ordinary or odd or just, again, like something perhaps you wouldn't do. But I tell you, man, people have so many opinions that are just rude and just don't make a difference to anyone's life, right? Like if I'm doing something in my life as, as a mom, as a parent, whether it's for myself or it's for my children, that's my decision, mine and my husband's decision. It's between us and God. If we lean on anyone else for, you know, support or advice, then maybe that person has, you know, an inkling of, of influence, but that's it, right? Like we're not looking to be validated by the rest of the world. And when it comes to social media or, you know, I mean, I have more pictures in photo albums in my house than I do on social media combined because I just don't really love the concept of social media. I feel like it's, it's, I still feel like it's kind of weird all these years later, 
but you can post whatever you want on your social media, whether it's, you know, political or has to do with work or love or family. Uh, by the way, all these errant noises on my end now are not my kid in his crib, but he's been nursing for 15 minutes. So again, sorry for the weird noises. Um, but anyway, it's it has nothing to do with anyone else, right? So for someone to, to come at you for, for a, a familial decision that you are making that you think is for the best interest of your family, it just, it says a lot, right? And it, it just, you need to take a moment with it and think about it and understand where that's coming from. Uh, because especially people who don't know you and don't know, you know, your relationship or your situation, your circumstance, whatever, like with grief, there's no right way to grieve. It just, it happens. It happens in waves. It ha it ebbs and flows. Some days you're quote unquote fine. Other days there's a lot of tears and maybe some anger, maybe some, you know, unexplained sadness or, you know, you could feel resentment. You could feel almost like depression. You could be um, lashing out in certain ways. And people are just all over the place. That's okay, right? It looks however it's going to look. Grief is not one of those things that has like a right way to grieve, a wrong way to grieve. You know, I think the only example that I could think of that's like a wrong way to grieve would be substance abuse, right? I mean, I'm never going to, you know, condone if you want to say that. Hi, are you talking to? You talking? We've reached the point where we want to have little babble conversations, right? Sorry, guys, talking to my talking to my baby. Um, but yeah, I think the only way you know I would ever uh, condone telling someone their grief is bad is if they're abusing, you know, substances, whether that be you know prescription substances or you know alcohol, drugs, you know, whatever it is, because. I mean, it's just detrimental, right? If you're taking a bunch of uppers to feel up and to feel better, you're just going to experience a chasm of down and depression and sadness afterwards. So like, that's not worth it. If you're taking downers because, you know, you just want to kind of feel your feels, like that's not going to help. Like, why why would you want to plummet downwards with your, you know, rational mind? But, uh, you know, people do make those decisions. And, you know, some people lash out by by working super hard and diving into work and you know that's that's fine other people cry a lot and sleep a lot that's fine other people lean on family that's fine other people start to travel a lot and get out of their surroundings you know get out of the area because it reminds them of, of death and sorrow and fine right let people do what they're gonna do to heal and feel and move on move through it live to see another day. Um, so any of the criticism that's come, it's, it's just unwarranted, you know, and I quite frankly, just don't have the breath to, to engage in that type of stuff. Because um, it, it all comes through text messaging, uh, or DMs. And like, that's not how you have a conversation, right? The, the birth of texting is, is, was great because it made it simple just to send a quick message. I don't think that using it for like long in-depth conversations is 
is a great tool. Um, my, my super close girlfriends and I, for example, will use voice notes and, um, and actually get on the phone like old fashioned grandmas, because it's the only way to, to truly connect, you know, when you text too much and even if you use emojis or even if you think your message is like entirely clear and so concise and to the point, and there's no way someone could misconstrue it. Undoubtedly, somebody will misconstrue it, right? There's no way to really have tone come through properly in text messaging. So it's just a really, you know, upward, upward stream there where you're battling against the currents, the waves are crashing over you and you're just trying to duck under them. It's just not a good scenario. And, um, you know, so any, anytime something like that comes up, my advice to, to you and, you know, your family, your friends, anything is to just take some time, right? Take some time, reflect on the circumstance, do not respond in kind in the moment, because more than likely you're going to say things you'll regret. You're going to say things that just aren't true because you're baited into, you know, a, a crappy conversation or a situation or however you want to, you know, say it or view it. And uh, it's just truly not worth it, right? It's not worth it. So if there's, you know, awkward energy or, um, you know, just it feels like there's extra negativity or confusion or whatever around you and your life and, and a situation when you're really struggling with something, just allow it to be, right? Just allow it to be, remove yourself, just make sure you're good, your family is good, your children are good. Just focus from the inside out because nothing can be good until you're good, right? And if the people around you don't care about your well-being and aren't there to support you and encourage you and uplift you and and really be an asset to your existence on this planet, it's just not worth it in that moment. You know, once you're whole and you're as close to being full and 100% as you can be, you know, after after you're done grieving or, or going through it, right? You're in a tough season, you lost your job, you got divorced, you went through a big move, um, you know, a, a miscarriage, like a really traumatic big event. You got to just give yourself time, give yourself grace, give yourself the space to heal and, uh, and, and just go from there. You know, there's no proper timeline in this stuff. That's for sure. And, uh, and again, I think I've said it like three or four times already in this, in this episode. And we're like, you know, I don't know how far we are. I'm not even looking at the time, but you can never really be ready. You just can't, you can never truly be ready. You just got to just got to go, right? You just got to dive in and, and feel it. Uh, whether again, whether it's a good emotion, a mediocre emotion, a, a bad emotion, if it's coming, it's going to come in waves. It's going to ebb and flow. There's no predicting the next step. And, and you really just have to just let it happen. Um, like anytime I'm feeling the waves, <laughs> I, I take a moment just to tell who, you know, whomever I'm with, which primarily it's my husband. I just say like, Hey, listen, I need a, I need a minute or I need a second. Like I just did, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever. And, and I just, I really, I just need a minute. And, you know, recently last few weeks it's been about Bucky and, um, you know, sometimes it's family related. Sometimes it's work related. Um, 
again, lately it's been very much so related to, to Bucky's passing. And um, again, I've just been hugging my babies. Uh, just always have one of them in my arms, always loving on one of them when I'm not physically holding them or loving on them. I'm looking at pictures of them and videos and, um, you know, sleeping right next to their crib or just, just really leaning into that, that comfort, uh, which again, is not wrong. Nobody can tell me it's wrong. Nobody can tell me the timeline of what to post on social media and when. And um, I just think that it's a good lesson for me to share with other people that again, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. And more times than not, when it's not productive and kind and and going to bring joy to someone's life, just hold it to yourself and just reflect to yourself, why am I having that opinion, right? And in those circumstances, your opinion, rather than using it to shit on somebody else or rain on their parade or like purposefully bring them down, maybe start in a loving, caring capacity and ask the person, you know, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you doing? Hey, what's new? How's life? What's going on? Before you even address your opinion, because by and large, your opinion will be answered in terms of where it came from and and whether or not it's just by just having a quick chat with the person right because like when you don't and you ignore it you're you're just projecting right you're projecting onto a person how you're feeling or what you're seeing and a lot of times it comes from an assumption um and another adage i love i love adages uh that i learned when i was in high school uh yeah i learned in high school um don't assume because it makes an ass out of you and me right so that's often true and you know in my relationships in my life i really 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 try really hard and obviously you know i have shortcomings shortcomings i have failures i have my moments um you know my not so finer moments but I really, really, really do my best and try to improve every day with having patience, having understanding, and just trying not to assume someone else's feelings or situations or their why. It just, it needs to be explained by that person. And when that person does explain it and they do sort of, you know, come clean or whatever you want to say, and then I still disagree or still feel like it's ridiculous or still feel just befuddled, then fine. Those are, those are my feelings, you know, and that's just for me to reconcile. Like that person doesn't need to know that I don't approve <laughs> of their life decisions, right? Like it's just crazy. It's like the people who are on the, the internet, right? Instagram, Facebook, I'm sure it exists on TikTok and that kind of stuff as well. I'm not on those platforms, but um, they just exist just to, you know, shit on people. They just like comment, they like a post and then comment on it, like terrible negative things. Why would you even like it? Why would you even comment? Just unfollow the person, right? Just 
unfollow them. You are the author of your existence. And if something is making you upset or pissing you off or ruining your energy, causing you stress, just remove it, right? Unless you need it in your life, like it's, you know, your livelihood or your parents or something like that, where, you know, you have some responsibility to it, some accountability to, you know, the stress. Otherwise, like if it's some random stranger or, you know, something like that, like just delete it. Like, why do you need that? It just, I don't know. It's so nuts to me. And, you know, the last few years, just, just really witnessing, I've always known it exists, but it's much different witnessing it firsthand. The, again, the judgment and the, the bullshit, quite frankly, of motherhood drama. It's insane. It is freaking nuts. And so anytime I have a friend who, you know, is pregnant um, or, you know, a client who's trying to get pregnant or who is pregnant or has just had a baby or anything like that, I just do my best to offer support. So much support. How are you feeling? You know, what's going on? Um, you know, what's, what's up tomorrow? How's your doctor's appointments going? Um, you know, are you using a midwife? What, what's your thought about labor? Um, you know, uh, how's your baby? What's the latest? What's new with you guys? Right. You just, you leave it open for someone else to answer and to give you their experience and their life instead of a leading question like, oh, you should get an epidural because it's going to make your experience so much better. So are you going to get to the hospital on time to have it? It's like, okay, maybe that's not somebody's preference. <laughs> or if someone tells you they want to have, you know, a natural vaginal delivery, like just say, oh, wow, that's interesting. Like, how did you come to that conclusion? Or how did you come to desire that? Instead of saying, that's terrible and unsafe and an awful decision or whatever. Like, okay, well maybe that's not your decision. Right. Or, or me as someone who said two C-sections out of necessity, like I had to, there was no chance for, you know, a, a truly healthy outcome. Otherwise the amount of criticism that I've gotten for making that decision is crazy. Again, you guys, like you can't believe what people will say. They're like, well, you didn't try everything. Well, my baby flipped the day before I went into labor. So you just didn't wait long enough. Or, you know, you should have switched doctors. Or, um, oh, I can't believe that you, you went the easy route. What did you have your hair and makeup done? Like people have the craziest things to say. It is genuinely wild. Uh, while I was pregnant, I was also told not to get as enormous the second time, as I did the first time, uh, I was told to stop eating because I'm never going to get back in shape. I was told to um, stop, what was it? Stop, stop standing sideways because I'm not doing myself any favors. <laughs> I mean, you guys, we, I need to do a whole, a whole podcast episode on things that are said to moms while they're pregnant. Uh, that will be, that will be funny. Um, and it's, it's funny because it's not funny, <laughs> you know, and maybe that'll be the title of it. It's funny because it's not funny. 
Uh, it's funny because it's ridiculous. It's absurd. It's rude. It's fucked up. It's unwarranted. It's asinine. Again, it's projecting. It's projecting. It's projecting. It is it just so inappropriate. It is hard to describe. And truly, it is something that you don't understand until you're in it and until you've been criticized and you've felt it and you've heard it. Uh, you just you can't truly understand um, because before I had kids, if a mom would complain about their kids, uh, not if they complained like once or they're like, I'm tired because I was up all night. Not, not, I'm not talking about that. If it was like constant complaining, like all the time, every day. I would just be like, oh my God, what a drag. Like, it's your choice to have kids. Especially if like it was someone who had three, four kids, like you chose to have these kids, right? It's not an oopsie. It's not a, a one night stand. Like it's like, you're married, you're creating a family, you're doing whatever you're doing to make a baby, right? There's only one way to make a baby like that, unless you're obviously going through IVF, like I know there are other ways with science to make a baby, but I'm talking like sperm, egg, sex, like you're doing it. So there's a risk. Um, and so that was my thought. It was very just black and white. Duh. So I would get annoyed at these people and just be like, dude, just like be thankful that you have kids. Be thankful that you have healthy babies. Like, why are these people so crazy? And now that I'm a mom and I'm a mom to two small children and like get it. Instead of complaining to people who don't have kids, people who have never been pregnant, people who aren't moms, find your people and complain to them, right? Because they'll get it and they'll support you and they'll validate you and they will make you feel better because they will probably complain about shit too. And misery can love company for two minutes of saying, holy shit, I prepared this amazing dinner. My toddler won't touch it. I wasted so much food, right? (laughs) Other people would be like, well, then don't make it make them something they like it's just ah man i tell you the journey is wild y'all and again i'm a person who's pretty chill surely i'm type a i like things in order and clean and you know how they should be in my house and how i want them and whatever but in terms of people's actions and thoughts and feelings whatever like you do you you live your life you grieve how you want if you have a baby and someone in your family dies within a week I will give you immense, tremendous, unwarranted amounts of support. So you ever need someone to lean on, you're going through a real shit, hard fucking time. Please send me a DM. I will send you encouragement. Tag me. I will be right there for you. I am so sorry preemptively if you have any of the same experiences that I've had. It's been a really rough road. uh, And I just honestly would not wish those comments and judgments and just freaking bullshit uh, on anyone. It's just, it's really not good. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your stress. It's not good for your mind. It's not good for the world. Like keep your nasty shit to yourself. If you have a question, ask someone how they're doing, what's new, and most likely you'll get your answer in that very short conversation. Jumping back in here now, it's actually Monday, the day of publishing for this episode. So it is July 17th, and 
I truly have not gone in and edited anything from this episode uh, being published today. Came in, I, I mean, it's funny because I predicted that it would be in three parts and it it was. Uh, it really, that's all I could bear. And <laughs> I think a lot of it very much is stream of consciousness. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of notes, just things that I wanted to say or wanted to make sure I, I got across or whatever, but um, really just give you guys some insight into where I've, I've been mentally, emotionally, uh, and um, I guess professionally as well. Just any active clients are very aware of what's been going on because, you know, I've had to say like, hey, if I'm a little delayed in this or, hey, I just had a, a chunk of time to work. So I uploaded, you know, your um, schedule for the next month or whatever it is, but um, just miscellaneous people and things and whatever aren't really up to speed. So I wanted to just provide a little uh, insight into that. So um, I know I said it in the intro. I remember saying that, that this would be largely unedited and (laughs) mostly just stream of consciousness as a bit of a a catch up. And it is. So uh, if you listen to the whole thing, you made it all the way through and um you got nothing out of it or felt like it was a waste of your time or worthless, I apologize. Uh, There really was no intention in any of this other than to be very transparent and forthcoming and uh, offer insight, information, experience, and, you know, hopefully it helps someone, right, in terms of understanding why there's been such a gap in publishing episodes um, people whose interviews haven't been published yet, um, you know, anyone who's going through grief or is a new mom, new parent, any of that, um, anyone trying to work with young children, maybe you're related to that, anyone who feels um, sort of like wrongly judged or questioned, maybe you could relate to that part, um, you know, because I know I gave you guys a little insight with that sort of stuff where I caught a bunch of flack for um, how I responded to my grief and everything, uh, which I just really find perplexing. So um, so yeah, anyone who's going through something similar or has a similar experience or knows someone who does, please feel free to share, whether you share with me or share the episode with them or um, go through the timestamps and tell them just to jump to a certain area uh, or anything like that, or maybe you've been through something similar and had a totally different experience and thoughts and emotions, and that might be helpful, right? Maybe you should come on for an episode uh, next season, and we could chat through it. And not, you know, you could say, "Hey, listen, I listened to your episode, and I had a similar life happening where you know I had a new baby, and then this person or or pet passed away, and I I handled it differently, or I." you know, saw it differently. I would love to have you on. I, I just, different perspectives, different experiences, different um, feelings and thoughts. And I love divergent thought. I think it is so amazing. I think the human brain and mind is just a wondrous thing. And uh, I think sharing experiences and staying open-minded and keeping an open heart and just really respecting that 
your experience in life is not the be all tell all end all of life. It really is just your experience, right? And um, we are all so different and unique and our backgrounds are different. Our parents are different. Their stories are all different, uh, especially if you've moved around. Um, I've lived in many different places at this point, all throughout the United States, uh, now part-time overseas. So there's just a lot of things, right, to, um, to impart and to share and to, uh, you know, collaborate on and delve into and learn from. And so if you ever, you know, hear anything that I'm talking about on my podcast or someone else is talking about on theirs or, you know, their Instagram page, TikTok page, whatever it is, please feel free to share and or recommend or give insight into, you know, topics you want to hear, content you want to hear about, people you want me to interview, whether it's yourself, your spouse, your best friend, someone you don't like who you want to hear more about, but don't, you know, know how to navigate that. And you don't want to reach out to them directly. Like I, I can, or just have them reach out to me. You know, um, like I said, I love having all different types of conversations. And uh, while we will start to gravitate towards and, and focus on motherhood and, and that realm, we're still going to have all different types of athletes on different stages of life, uh, people from all over the world. So just definitely keep your eyes out, ears out. Um, make sure you follow the Run In My Mouth podcast. You hit the little, I think it's like a bell, right? Insignia, especially on, on Spotify. That's how I get um, alerts for podcasts and stuff. So if you follow on Apple Podcasts, make sure you follow it there. Google there. Um, and, uh, there's just a lot of really cool stuff in store. There's a lot coming. So just stay tuned, stay uh, excited, make sure everyone stays healthy and kind, treat people with respect and patience and love. You never know what they're going through. And even though you see and hear these social media pages and various people saying stuff like that, you hear about then what's done in the darkness and it comes to light and sometimes it's not good. So just try to maintain, again, respect and kindness and patience and love with people because you never know what they're going through. And if, if you're going through a hardship and you feel like you are deserved extra, you know, remorse and respect and empathy, I guarantee that the places that you're looking for it to come from, that person is also dealing with an equal amount of shit. It's going to be something different where you probably will think that your shit is worse than their shit, but maybe they don't have the capacity to deal with things as much as you do. And so you are just inherently, you know, a stronger, emotionally sound person uh, or have more patience or have more, um, you know, energy to withstand more adversity. And so your stress is more magnanimous than somebody else's but that other person maybe they just don't have the capacity to take on as much as you and uh and so their problems might seem small and trivial and stupid but it's affecting them probably to the same level that yours is so 
uh, even, you know, through everything that I've been going through lately, which has been a lot, uh, I still don't lead with it into a conversation or into a relationship. Uh, I give people the space to feel what they're feeling, deal with what they're doing, um, and and then come back to to my space. Um, so I did explain in the first part of today's episode. Again, I haven't I haven't re-listened to or edited anything. So I know I said it. I just don't know where, how, when or whatever. I'll have to go through and listen to everything again for, for timestamps, but I don't have the uh, wherewithal. If my husband listens to this, he'll laugh because I use that phrase a lot, but I don't have the capacity, the wherewithal, whatever you want to say to do it now. I just, I really don't, but I will, uh, I will at some point and I will timestamp everything so that you can just jump from place to place. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I felt like what I was going through was, was, you know, extreme and a lot, and it was a lot to handle. And, uh, like right now, again, I'm like fixing to publish this episode and I've got my, my infant on the floor next to me and he's kicking around and making a bunch of noises. And some people would think that they couldn't do work or that they couldn't record or publish something with, with that in the background, but you know what? That's life. And if you started screaming and crying right now, I would end this in five seconds. So you guys didn't have to hear it, but it's just life. Like that's, it's going to happen. So got to kind of roll with the punches, give people the space to, um, you know, be and feel and behave how they need to. But as long as everyone keeps, respect, patience, love, you know, empathy, space in your heart for people, the world would really be a better place. And it takes effort to do that. You need to be uh, good with yourself and sound with yourself in order to do that. So it definitely takes a lot of self-work, introspection, a lot of thinking, a lot of being in stillness and quiet to really understand yourself, your thoughts, your feelings, all of that on a deeper level to be able to be there for other people. Um, but try it, challenge yourself. You know, this is my call to action for you to try it and to just be a better person than you are today. Even if you think you are the best person every day, you can get a little bit better, be a little bit stronger, be a little more patient, find a little more empathy through your veins. So just try it, see if you can do it whether it's through faith or meditation or stillness, quietness, looking at nature, being in nature, hugging your babies, whatever it is, just, just do it. Try it. Okay. That's my challenge for you. That's my call to action. And uh, I look forward to getting all these interviews published over the next few weeks. So keep, uh, keep your eyes and ears out again over our biweekly schedule. We are resuming that now. And as always, thanks for listening. And uh, excited for the rest of season three. As always, I've been your host, Carly Sauer, aka Coach Carly. You can find me at Iron Diamond Fitness. Y'all, keep running one foot in front of the other, chin up, eyes forward arms pumping for power, and always remember to pick up your feet so we don't trip over the small stuff.